before we look into um, God's word, um, and before we, I just want to commit myself in prayer, um, because something that God was teaching me was also, it's, it's so easy to speak in the flesh. Um, it's so easy to say things that everyone would love to hear. But when God wants us to hear something, it does hurt. Okay. So it did hurt for me even when I was preparing. So um, I just want to commit all of us again as we look into his word. And also I want to commit myself to be a true servant of his word. Could we just pray one more time? Lord, we sit here looking at a holy God, Lord. We sit here to hear the words of a holy God. And Father, we pray, Lord, that our hearts will be fertile, Lord, tilled, manured, ready to be planted with your seed. All our inhibitions, all our trophies, all our understandings, um, everything, Lord, we want to lay it aside. What do you want us to tell us today, Lord? I ask you, Lord, that as for me, I would be a mouthpiece for you, Lord, a true servant of yours who love you with all our heart, Lord, all of us. I want to hear your voice. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, um, Christian, for reading that um, portion. Thank you. Um, up here. It's all ready. So we're going to look into um, a portion uh, from the book of Mark, uh, chapter 10, 17 to 22. I'll give you an outline of what we might be doing today. I'm going to wear, I'm, I'm, even as I speak, I'm going to share about multiple things that will be, uh, be brought up. Um, we're, going to, we're going to look into God's word. Apart from that, we're also going to hear about um, uh, a channel of the gospel going out, you know. The gospel is going across to different parts of India. There's no one or no person can stop the gospel from penetrating. Okay, nothing, absolutely nothing can stop it. Even as we speak, people across the world are experiencing Christ and entering into God's kingdom. What I will be sharing is a dot of the ministry that we are involved in in the Bible translation world. It is not the ultimate ministry. Okay, the ultimate ministry is what? It's what the Lord Jesus did. He gave us his love. He gave us his, his life on the cross for our sins. And what we're doing is we're trying to take it to the ends of the earth before he returns. So I'll be telling a little bit about the Bible translation needs in India. Also, a few of us were able to, we had the privilege to travel to a part of India and see what the work is happening there. So I represent a team from um, CBF2. But most importantly, I just want to bring one thing very clearly to all of us. Is I just want to start with this question. Whose kingdom are we building on this earth? Whose kingdom am I building on this earth? I just want us to just think through that. From our work to our college to our ministry, the question God wants us to ask today, even he's asking me, is whose kingdom am I building? Keep that thought in mind. You know, um, there was a Swede who had visited India as a missionary, and he went back to Sweden. And, on his, uh, and when, he was, when he was back in, um, in Sweden, um, people told him, oh, man, you know, don't go to Sweden. Or don't go back to India. It's difficult there. It's really difficult. And so many people discouraged him. 
And one person said, you know what? The temperature in India is 102 degrees, even in the shade. Okay. And the sweet said, man, all that you need to do is step out of the shade then. You know, that's a perspective changer, right? Of how people look at missions. So today, even as we, even as we uh, look to, uh, as we sit here to study God's word and look into what missions is all about in a different, again, I'm just representing a small dot of what God is doing in India, okay? There are so many missions, there is so much work happening across India that people are doing a great job. Um, and people are yet to do a, a better job. But I'm just representing that small dot. So let's have a perspective change. God, what are you trying to tell me? Is my heart fertile to see what you want me to hear today? So here we go. Now we read about the portion of the rich young ruler, right? It's a very common passage. It's a very common passage that we heard about a young ruler comes to meet Jesus. What do we know about him? We're not going to beam the, uh, the scripture up, okay? We're going to use our hands and we're going to use our minds. We're going to go through scripture a bit. Can we, can we look in Mark chapter 10, 17 to 22? What do we know about this person? It's going to be interactive today, okay? It's going to, you, you, we're going to hear out a bit. What do we know about this guy? What does the Gospels reveal about this, this particular person? This portion is also mentioned in Matthew and in Luke. Okay? So what do we know about this guy? He was, was, he, was he a poor man? He was rich, right? What else do we know? He, yeah, he was a follower of the law. He was a follower of the law. Okay? What else do we know? He wanted to inherit eternal life. But what about him? What about him? Yeah, that's his, his, uh, his uh, he's, he's a seeker, in fact. He was a? Yeah, but, yeah, let's look at the scripture. What does it talk about him? You're right, uncle, but what does it talk about him? What does it say? He was rich? He was young, okay. Then what? Look into scripture. He was a ruler, right? Was he a ruler? Yeah? He was a ruler. He was a ruler. Could be a ruler of the synagogue. And he, he seems to be sincere. He seems to be a follower of the law. Now, can you also look into his actions towards Jesus? What do you see there? How did he come towards Jesus? He came running. Okay? He came running. Okay? That's one. What else do we see? He knelt before him. Then what did he do? He asked him. And then he asked the golden question. How can I inherit the kingdom? You saw his actions? Meaning he, he, he you know, even the, the purpose of him running, the purpose of him kneeling, the purpose of him asking was to find out that golden question. How can I, this man, enter the kingdom of God. And it's interesting what those two verses can reveal about the rich young ruler, right? He was young like many of, many of us. You know, um, he, was, he was rich, um, unlike many of us. Uh, or rich, you know, rich doesn't mean he was, he was extremely wealthy. Jesus later on tells me, he, he, go, go sell everything to the poor. So he was wealthy. But it is not, today's message is not about who's rich and who's poor. I think by the grace of God, we, let's be honest, we are all well off, 
right yeah come on man god is blesses let's let's acknowledge that okay so we are going to see ourselves maybe a bit of these traits of this uh, rich young ruler now what did he call jesus what is a word a four letter word that he called jesus good good teacher now that's interesting right he calls jesus good teacher and what did the what did the lord tell him back no one is good but god is good you know what that means jesus is saying man you're calling me a good teacher that means are you acknowledging that i am god himself are you are you just trying to flatter me Jesus says only God is good so you know that I can give you eternal life and you're to bring the statement said you're a good teacher how can I turn how can I have eternal life and later on when Jesus tells him to keep the commandments okay what is what is the response that he tells Jesus ah uh, yeah come on guys i have kept it all my life gone to vbs sunday schools you know um all these cell groups i know it all i know it all because i am the man you know i need eternal life see look at i i just want us to think you know look at his look at his way how his mind is working he was a nice guy okay in fact he was a nice guy but he felt that he qualified for eternal life what do you guys think do you felt that he qualified He do you think that he felt that he qualified for eternal life he did he did he felt very good and as uncle said he felt very righteous about himself you know he felt justified he believed that he was well he was fine he assumed that he was a perfect disciple he also thought that he knew it all all the laws i knew it i've kept all of it i've kept all of it I've been to you know I'm a synagogue rule I could you know maybe he could be a synagogue rule but you know I know it all you know I know the doctrines I know I know I come to church and part of you know the Monday to Friday cell groups and part of the the every activity I know it and he was very pious he felt he was covered in every corner he did not expect Jesus to throw him that 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 one card he thought he was covered he felt that he did qualify to enter the kingdom what is faith without works faith without works is dead james 2:14 to 26 we can't read the entire passage it talks about uh, if you have faith and you have no you know if no works if you don't work towards um uh, pleasing the lord and obeying the lord you know it's basically dead you know why i'm giving this context is maybe as we today we're going to talk a little bit about missions maybe as we look at missions we might think i know it all meaning i have i know what's happening in india Oh you know what there's so much of missions happening you know I get an idea you know this is happening there that's happening there you know I kind of know it Sometimes we feel um you know this you know today is missions um thing okay maybe I'll switch off tell me something more 
Tell me something a bit different, a bit, you know, let me, let me get it into a bit more. I just want to encourage all of us to not be like the rich young ruler. Do not be like the rich young ruler, assuming that he would have entered God's kingdom. This, today's thing is not about entering God's kingdom, but it definitely has a gospel, which is what missions is doing and what the church is doing across the world. We're not doing anything different but taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, which is a great commission. That is missions. That is what the church does. But I just want to ask you that let's not be like the young ruler. Okay? Now, God has um, given uh, us as a family an opportunity to be part of his work. And honestly, my dear brothers and sisters, you know, we have around six families here who are serving the Lord. And um, I want to tell you, um, representing all of us here, there's no other greater call but to be his servant. There's no other title in this world but be called his servant. Few of us have got that privilege. There are many maybe over here that the Lord could raise up. I'm not talking about singles, even families that could step out. So if anyone of you are struggling through these thoughts, just hear this out and see what God has to tell you. When we think that we figured it all out, God will sometimes spin it again. And we sometimes wonder that, you know, well, we've not figured it all out. Okay? You know, um, hold on. This one? I'll be to the rescue. This one. Yeah. Thanks, Abhi. You know, we are part of a ministry called um, New Life Computer Institute. We're not programmers. Um, we are not, uh, we are not a service-based firm. Uh, we are a ministry by faith. Um, NLCI was started in 1987 by Norwegian missionaries who came to India. Uh, because it's interesting, this, this couple, uh, we call them the Andes family. I have not met them. But many of our seniors have, when they were in Norway, they were being led to come to India to start translation work. So they came from Norway and they drove around in Bangalore for God's direction. They came in 84. And they somehow came into a land and they met people and that's how this ministry started. Okay. Also today you're going to hear the story of two young men. One is definitely the rich young ruler. And later on I'm going to uh, tell the story of another young man. Can I know how many 22 to 20, 20 to 23 year olds are here? Can you just lift your hands? 20 to 23. Kev? Yeah? Thanks Kev for lifting your hands. So 20 to 23, 24 years old. You might be asked something. So you guys need to listen. Okay? Uh, so just, 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 uh, just, uh, just to keep that in uh, perspective. NLCI uh, is an interdenominational ministry. It does not belong to one particular person um, or one particular family or one particular denomination. It's multiple across denominations, but you have to be doctrinally sound. That's how we look for our missionaries. That's how we partner. Right now, we are stewards of 38 projects. 
I also want to bring this very clearly to all of us that um, even as I share about the work about NLCI and also about missions, we are not trying to build NLCI's kingdom. There is no kingdom called NLCI's kingdom. We're trying to build his kingdom. His kingdom. NLC is just one channel of God's kingdom expanding. None of us can ever build our kingdoms here. We should not be. So I just want to make that very clear. We are not a perfect ministry. Please understand. Fallen people, fallen nature. And we all come together to take God's word out. We partner with churches. And we're very clear about partnering with churches and ministering with the local churches. We also partner with other Bible translation ministries across India. You know, our vision, which I'll come, I'll come, I'll come later, is it's, it's right up here. It's God's word in every language community actively transforming their lives. That's our vision. Okay? What can actually transform a person's life? The word of God, the gospel. Yeah, the gospel and God's word, when you consume it, actually changes our life, right? Yeah. See, there's no, you know, you know, just, you know, I'm not going to shoot anyone down, you know, for any, but just, um, just be honest, you know, what changes our life? It's a gospel, right? And today the worship was also remembering about the Lord. And that has changed our life. And also God's word. Now, um, I just want to tell you also, before NLCA came into being in, in India, you know, there are many forerunners of Bible translation. I just want to introduce just six of them to you, okay? These men and women played a key role in many of us having our Bibles with us, okay? And I, it's an honor to actually just to even tell about them. The brother on the left is St. Jerome. I think during the men's study, once we had uh, looked into the life of St. Jerome, did we look at, into his life? No, we didn't? Okay. I thought Charlie Joseph had taken about... Uh, no? Okay, sorry. I thought it was taken. So, um, St. Jerome is a brother who translated the Bible into Latin. The brother on the left. Um, I think many of you would know about um, John Wycliffe. He's a brother, the very reason why we have the English Bible. Okay? The person on the right is William Carey. We all know William Carey, right? Um, 40 languages that he had translated. Uh, many of them uh, lived lives that was completely committed to the gospel. Um, and um, many of them suffered a lot in their family life with their children. Some, many of them were threatened. And uh, just want to tell you about these three brothers and to give thanks to God for them, in fact. The next will drive home a bit more personal is Bartholomew Zeigenbald. This is the brother who translated the Bible into Tamil. How many of us are uh, Tamilians here? Because of him, we have the Tamil Bible. I'm not going to ask the next question. Um, <laughs> Benjamin Bailey translated the Malayalam Bible. And if you go to a place in Kerala called Kotem, you will see the graves of his two of his sons. Benjamin Bailey lost his children in, 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 in Kotem. He, he was a man that was focused to take, bring God's word out in the Malayalam language. But it's a huge cost on his life. 
we have the malayalam bible today many of us is because of this brother the third sister um is uh, pandita ramabai amazing woman of god um she's the only um lady uh, or christian missionary that the government has ever recognized um kate gown if you go to kate gown few of us have had the privilege to go to uh, pandita's uh, center called mukti mission which is in kate gown pune should go there it's quite a quite a place and she started that she played a huge role um, in uh, starting in 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 the abolishment of sati you know sati yeah we all know history right she, and also she played in the rescue of uh, destitute women and orphans but pandita ramabai was actually kicked out of her home was abandoned by her husband because of the faith even if you go to mukti mission today you can go to a small place where you can actually go and see you can see the stool and the scriptures which she had translated the marathi bible came into being because of pandita ramabai you know we we feel good when we get transported to different um, eras right but we are sitting in this era because of people who have been forerunners of god's word Now does the word of god have an expiry date What do you think Yeah does what is the life of the word of god Just just speak out it's fine It's eternal Okay so I just want to I just want to look at three scriptures I've put it all up okay uh, that doesn't mean that we should not turn our bibles so I'll just put it all up um The life of the word of God you know in Matthew 24:35 I love these verses it says that heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away NLT beautifully says is my words will never disappear it gives me goosebumps when i say this god says in everything that you see all celestial beings everything will go but my words will remain amen You know I still can't understand this verse. You know it's timeless. It's beyond time. You know Isaiah 40 verse 8 says the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of a god endures forever. Everything that you see as you step out, you know many of us like um going to spaces that that talks about beauty, right? And God says that's going to fail, that's going to go. those flowers that you enjoy that scene the, the scenery that you enjoy uh, the flowers that you enjoy everything will fall but my word of god but my word will endure forever 1 peter 1:24 to 25 says all flesh is like grass so what happens to the grass it withers okay and all its glory of the flesh is like the flowers of the grass the grass withers and the flowers fail but the word of the lord remains forever and this word is a good news that was preached to you so does the word of god have a timeline does the word of god have an expiry date it is not it's going to endure forever now how does the word of god impact us it's just a quick couple of things um you know psalm 119 verse 5 says the word is like likened to a lamp or a light Okay. Hebrews 14:12 says it is living and it is powerful. It is sharp and it pierces. 
you need it's a discerner of the thoughts it's like a fire and a hammer in jeremiah it talks about another one in luke 8 verse 11 it says it's like a seed that when it is planted it bears fruit in psalm 119 it says it's sweet it's sweeter than even honey in ephesians it says it is a sword of the spirit the word of the lord is a sword of the spirit now we all enjoy god's word right we listen to it uh, day in and day out we have different forms that we listen to it but i just want to i just want to put into our hearts that there are many communities who do not have this privilege of having god's word in their own language there are many communities who do not have fellowship like this to even study god's word together that is the importance of translating god's word into community's heart language that is why we translate god's word as i shared about the the vision of nlca is god's word in every language community actively transforming their lives now we also have the the mission statement is to enable every community to own and engage with the word of god in their own language now why something the question is if the hindi bible is available or if the english bible is available or the tamil bible is available or the marathi or the marathi or the kannada bible is why should we even translate isn't that a normal question why take this pain and this resources to translate the word of god in other languages it's just a waste of time waste of resources well, let me ask you you know i'll just tell you about my experience i grew up in a uh, coming from kerala i i grew up in a malayalam speaking home okay not that uh, you know i like malayalam i respect malayalam i speak malayalam but when it came to the word of god malayalam and me couldn't just get along together so uh, you know english and me and the lord work together you know what i mean just work together click man but malayalam me and the lord was just a lot of struggle i just couldn't get it that's because english is in fact my heart language in fact and many of us have got that heart language right right that's called a heart language your the language that your heart would like to speak to the lord so there are churches across india in fact where um the worship or the services happen in hindi and majority of the people don't get it i personally would say that that could be one of the reasons why many people might not be experiencing the power of god's word because they're just not getting it and that's one of the reasons why we translate the word of god into community's heart language so that they will understand god as intimately as he can explain to them did we understand the concept the beauty of the heart language so sometimes you go into communities and you know that they're speaking a completely different dialect but when when we are with them they try to speak in hindi you know that they're so comfortable in their language so we try to reach out to that language that they are speaking because they understand it better they want to relate it with 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 it um, better you know this is a stat uh, oh sorry yeah, i just want to um, i think everyone can read it um, the late mr billy graham had given this quote um, about uh, bible translation moving on this is a present status of uh, translations in india okay 
143 translations even as we speak is happening right now and this is not only with NLCI but with other bible translation ministries even as i speak i'm representing the bible translation uh, ministry as a whole okay 143 translations are happening right now 81 nts nts are new testaments are complete in 75 languages there is no bible at all even now we're still trying to do we do a lot of research to find out is translation required or not the science of it i'm not going to talk today because it'll going to take a lot of time but we do a lot of research to find out if a tribe or a community is going to die out in the next one year or two years we will not translate we'll look at other means of the local church can take them through a journey of hearing the gospel and discipling them but if a community is going to last then we will invest prayerfully with the strength with the support of the local church and the local believers complete bible is around 79 this year itself um nlca will be hopefully if, if god god willing you know we will be involved in the dedication of at least 6 nts this year before the year ends uh, by feb uh, feb of next year we will have the hakun um, translation dedication that's also going to ha- happen so you know one one cool thing i like about the current times is i'm so glad for the modi government to be honest um you know um because you know god sets the time of every ruler right and no one can no one can change that mr modi and his cabinet is there for a season and you know however difficult it may be you know we need to really give thanks to god for that we really need to know how to bless them we really need to know how to pray for them they need our prayers they need the prayer of the local church and you know what i firmly believe that the gospel is going to spread during the season it's going to spread like wildfire into communities and if persecution comes we will have to bear it it is healthy for the church to go through persecution in fact it is important for us to know the count of co- the, the, the counting the cost of being disciples you know you know brothers and sisters we've been going through the book of uh, radical discipleship right yeah maybe god has given it uh, you know the discipleship workbook of william mac maybe god has given us this book because he knows what's coming up let's be prepared let's be prepared for what might come up so through this garment uh you know christians are coming together to take the gospel out there's so much of work happening that even i don't know many of the work that's happening around so that is a little bit about um the translation uh, needs in india currently right now and this involves data from other translation ministries and also independent translators also who are working okay NLCA provides a lot of consultation a lot of you know we work together we believe in partnerships we work together with the church and other ministries so that we can take the gospel out at the earliest at the because the lord's coming is it too far away or is it near it's near are we excited or not excited yay <laughs> we should be excited right we should be excited but just also imagine there are many communities in india that have not heard the gospel Okay I'm you know after this I'm going to take you through a little bit of an adventure mode we're going to go into discovery mode and you're going to uh, see a bit more communities you're going to be you know I I know few of you I can see a few of you just dozing off a bit just hang in there okay 
Now, what does NLCA do? We not only translate uh, the Bible, which we call it as Bible translation or scripture translation. We, you know, we partner with the local church in different communities, but we also are involved in scripture engagement. Now, what is a form of scripture engagement? Can someone give an example of scripture engagement? I heard Bible study, excellence. Yeah, Bible study is a form of scripture engagement. Think about it. Scripture engagement. Sunday school. Scripture engagement. Christian music. Scripture engagement. Christian movies. Scripture engagement. Outreaches. Scripture engagement. Or even uh, conferences or workshops. Bible studies. Sermons are all forms of scripture engagement. Okay? So we are involved in translation and engaging with scripture. We allow, we encourage the local communities to engage with God's, with God's word with the support of the local church. These are the two areas that we focus on. In forms of scripture engagement, there's a lot of things. We develop music. We develop materials, VBS materials. We do a lot of things that is based from God's word. Now, I mentioned that we are stewards of 38 projects across India. Uh, that's a little bit about where we are um, right now. Um, we, God willing, in, by 2019 end, we might add in another 10 more projects if that's what God wants us to do. Okay. So that's a little bit about who, uh, that's about uh, the dots where you are. You know, the, the, the team that went from CBF went right up here. Right here. Okay, just to keep that, uh, just keep that in your mind. Okay, we were... Some of us were, uh, we were in some of the areas of the borders of Myanmar. Um, Hakun and Muklom is the two projects that we visited, yeah? So here we go, a bit into, are all of you ready? For, how many of you like Discovery, Nat Geo? Yeah, good, yeah. You all want to travel? Yeah, let's do this, okay? So, the Malvi community, okay? This community, uh, the, the, um, the population of this community right now recorded is 1.5 crore people. The government says it could be 2 crore. We're not too sure, but this is the stats that has, um, that has come up. There are a tribe in Madhya Pradesh, and they received, their first, they received their first New Testament only in June 2012. How many years back? Five and a half. Can you believe 1.5 crore Receive this NT for the first time. You know, there are different forms of scripture engagement, as I've mentioned uh, below. This is a, a tribe that is very close to my heart. Um, they call the Kinauris. They are in Himachal Pradesh. You know the apples that come out um, during apple season? That's called the Kinauri apple. It comes from these two communities. The Kinauris and the Kinauri Pahadis. Their population is around 84,000 people. There is, uh, the Kinauri um, thing is like there's lower Kinaur, middle Kinaur, upper Kinaur. The upper Kinaur apples, India never gets it. Okay, it is considered to be the, the top grade apples um, that is all exported. By the way, the apples were brought into India by a British missionary. Okay, and was introduced in Himachal, and that's how they planted, and that's their entire source of income. They're very well-to-do. Now, if anyone of you would love to go there, let us know. We could do uh, a trek up, 
and uh, they grow they grow plums peaches prunes nectarines pears walnuts pine nuts apples of all shapes sizes colors okay it's quite an experience and they have a fruit called the persimmons okay there's a fruit called a persimmon that you get there which is quite unique but they but they love the lord but they are actually you know the the reason why they don't come to know the lord is because of cultural practices that happen there it's quite dark their influence is hinduism and uh, also tibetan buddhism there's a lot of mythical practices that happen there we are prayerfully going to take up another six more languages in the kinauri uh, community um right now the altitude of where we are is around 12500 feet above sea uh is where kinauri and kinauri pahadi is god willing we're going to push it another 2500 feet higher up and there are other communities that need to hear the word need to get the word so we need a lot of prayer and lot of safety once you go down you never come back okay that's the that's the um okay i'll show you some images um that is where the community those are some of the um the roads that have gone there are more more images um now all the wood that you see there is called our cedar wood right you know cedar cedars of lebanon yeah that is a wood it's amazing wood it's left all over the place but you cannot touch it only the tribes can touch it okay if if i take a cedar wood and bring it back to bangalore i will be taken as you know meaning involved in uh, robbing from the forest now um as i move now this is a community that um uh, called bondas this community is one of the most primitive tribes in india you know last last month i was able to spend uh, some time with them i had the privilege of staying with them in the village even the government is scared to go and visit them they walk around with bows and arrows okay and with axes if you mess with them you're done they might look thin but they are really strong okay the rings that they wear around their neck oh by the way this is an um, this is an uh, austroasiatic tribe many many years back they could have moved in from australia come we don't know we don't know where they are exactly from there are only 10000 of them even even a couple of years back till even when a plane an aeroplane went through the sky they did not know what it was and they used to do a puja to it that's how primitive they are okay that's how primitive that they are there's no men in the village mostly because they are all drunk and the men make um, toddy make uh, homegrown toddy from a lot of things the women are also drunk the kids are also drunk okay they have got a haunting song that they sing which is very very disturbing they call on all forces of darkness for them to they, it's it's a different world guys it's a different different world yet there are very few believers among them very very few and nlc has got the privilege of translating god's word into um, the bonda language and we find it an honor yeah um this is a missionary called chako and biji um they are in lamtapet which is in a hospital called ashakiran hospital um that's the men that's toddy that's a god and he fills it up with toddy and he's taking it back to uh, a family gathering of drinking you know um that um bondo lady there uh, was is actually uh, grinding millets i tried to do that man it's really heavy okay uh, but i just want to 
tell you that they are extremely, extremely strong. They are hunters by nature. They are hunters by nature. This is a community that a few of us had the privilege to visit, uh, the Hakuns and the Muklums. This is in the northeastern part of India. The Hakun is around 15,000 people, which is a tribe in Assam and Arunachal. Muklom is a tribe of 10,000, which is in Arunachal. The entities of both of it is in progress. I can show you a few pics and I'll talk to you about it. Uh, that's, that's a few of us uh, heading into visiting a missionary in the Muklom settlement. All tea gardens, guys, by the way, okay? It's, 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 quite, uh, it's quite an experience. Um, that's our missionary, Sumi Matthew, who's at the far left. Uh, she was an IT um, head, in fact, based in Trivandrum. And when the Lord called her, maybe 10 years back, she stepped out for the Lord's work and by faith, not knowing anything without any support, went into Changlang and she started the work there. Um, maybe one time we'll try to bring Sumi here so that you can see her. Uh, she's an amazing woman of faith, a single lady, but no fear. I'm willing to die for the gospel. That's Sumi's humble home, but amazing hospitality. Right, guys? All of us have amazing hospitality and full of joy for the Lord. This is, um, I'll just show you a few more pics. Yeah, that's all of us. Um, this is in the home of one of our translators called uh, Kitong. This is Kitong's home. Or home. And um, that's Sumi on the extreme left. And yeah, this is an, uh, this is uh, th these three sisters that you see here are translators of the Muklom community. Okay, it's the it's our only all sister team translation team, but they're doing an amazing job. The Hakun translation, this one, will be dedicated in Feb 2019, God willing. Muklom is still in progress. You know, it changed our perspective of uh, where we live and why the gospel need to go out. Uh, it's, quite a, it's, quite an, uh, it's quite an experience. The, one, of the, one, one, of the concerns of, um, one of the concerns of this tribe is there's a lot um, of uh, issues facing this tribe. There is uh, kidnappings that happen from Myanmar. Um, there is the opium trade connecting to Cambodian, Thailand, and to the northeastern part of India. So most of the people are, most of the young people are high on dope, high on opium. Um, also, um, they have a lot of issues from the uh, border security force um, because of the militancy that happens. It is church-sponsored militancy. Okay, uh, the church is involved in it. Um, you know, there is a lot of good work, but at the same time, a lot of, lot of activities that happens from the church. We visited uh, the uh, home of the Hakun tribal chief. We had the privilege of sitting with them and having uh, food. And um, during that time, there was a raid that was done by the uh, border security force and the government right below us. If they had come into the home, we would have all been taken in. Because they would just assume that we are sponsoring what? Militancy work. But God just did not allow them. Because, oh, by the way, the tribal chief himself is involved in a lot of things like this. But he believes in the gospel. You know, you saw that? It's another world. It's another struggle they go through. The tribal chief is for the Hakun translation. He's for it. He's saying, you know, the entire Hakun community will be with you. But that's our identity among the Christian world, that we have our own Bible. Whether I believe it is secondary. 
So there is a lot of communities like that. But they need God's word. They need God's word. There is also a cultish religion called Rangfra. Um, we just saw, we couldn't, we couldn't just go see what it is, but Rangfra is a new cultish religion that has started there, which ha- is, a myth, is a mixture of Buddhism, Christianity, and Hinduism. They've got elders, they've got deacons, they've got evangelists, they've got an entire mixed gamut of the entire thing. You saw how Satan is deceptive? So do they need the gospel? Do they need God's word? They really do need. Now, coming back into a portion, you know, if you look into Mark chapter 10, 17 to 22, just coming back as we're going to close. Did Jesus send this guy away or did Jesus love him? What does it say in, in God's word? What does it say? Jesus loved him. But Jesus addresses one question in his life. Can we look into God's word? Mark chapter 10, verses 21 and, uh, 20 to 21. 20 to 22. Jesus tells him, one thing you lack. So Jesus is asking, you know, all that is good, but um, is that all? You know, you know everything, you've enjoyed everything, you've seen, you know, you've been part of missions and you're doing a lot of things, you're tithing well, but is that it? Is that it? Jesus is asking, what's next? And I just want us to ask us this, each one of us, this question. You know, we've been involved in so many things, so what? What's next for us? You know, Jesus calls us for actions, in fact. You know, he tells this man, go your way. Go your way. Basically, go think and you repent. You truly want to intend, enter the kingdom, you go your way, you think what, what I've spoken, you go and repent. He also tells him another thing. What does he Sell whatever you have. In fact, he's telling him is you need to die for yourself. You, you need to die to yourself. You need to become nothing if you want to be my disciple. He also says, give to the poor. He says, hold on to anything. Hold on to nothing. Empty yourself. You know, feel rich in me and things of God. And then he tells him, come back. Jesus doesn't tell him that, you know, you go away, do your own stuff. He says, then you come back. What does Romans 12 verse 2 say? Can someone read it out loudly? And another person can read Matthew 16, verses 23. Romans 12, verse 2. Right. And the renewing of Jesus was telling, go, come back, renewed, purposeful, challenged. Come back. Do not be content where you are. You come back. You know, you come back. And he says, you know, you're, then once when you come back, then you're going to proclaim what you believe. And the third is, he tells him, you know, you need, your mind needs to be converted. Your body needs to get converted. You cannot, you cannot enter God's kingdom with this kind of framework. You cannot serve God with this kind of framework. 
Now, Jesus calls him for a conversion of the mind, heart, and the soul. And can someone read Matthew 16, 23? Yeah, but you're not setting your heart on things of God, but things, but things of man. You know, I, I mean, I don't know where all of us are at this point of time, but, um, you know, are we trying to build our own kingdoms with, uh, in this world as we continue, even when many are yet to enter God's kingdom? Are we trying to do our own stuff? Are we trying to build our own legacies? Let it be ministry or individual lives or however it may be when the kingdom is yet to expand. Um, are we focused on our mind with things of this earth and not things of God? And then lastly, Jesus tells him, is, you need to take up your cross and follow me. If you're ready for all of this, then it's time for you to come and join me in the team. Take up your cross and follow me. Can someone read Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 26? So Jesus challenges, Jesus challenges us is, if you want to come after me, if you want to step out or be involved in the missions or God's work or even the ministry of the church, you need to deny yourself completely and then come and follow me. You know, if you try to save our life on this earth, we will never save it. Because uh, that's not how it's going to work in God's kingdom. God says that you need to lose your life for my sake. And if there's any one of us, you know, who really have a call for God's work, I just want to tell you honestly, is you need to realistically understand what God is calling us for. It is not a menial thing of stepping out into ministry or to be involved in missions. It's completely denying yourself and to come and follow me. Closing. Um, you know, the rich young ruler, how did he... How did he respond? Was he happy when he heard what Jesus told him? He was sad. And then it says he came running, but how did he go back? What does is, what is the portion say? How did he go back? So, yeah, he was sad and went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. You want to be used by God, be ready to deny yourself completely, completely for the Lord, even at the cost of your life to serve the Lord in ministry. So I just want to ask us before we close, are we building our own kingdom? Or are we desiring to build his kingdom till he returns? There is nothing called our kingdom, in fact. What we do in ministry, in missions, the local church, through our church, 
is to build and expand God's kingdom. You know, as I close, I'm going to tell you one more um, story. And um, these are the different ways that you can be involved in uh, with the NLCI ministry. Uh, you can volunteer, you can partner, you can support. I, I'm not going to read through all of it. You can adopt a language group. You can adopt uh, missionary kids, uh, mission families. And it is definitely, please do understand, is we are not going to pass around anything. But if you feel led by the Lord, please do get in touch with us. And uh, we can create opportunities where we can partner. There are many of you already partnering here, partnering here with NLCA. And... Um, one of the one of the really uh, I many I just want to thank Sujay and Samia for partnering with NLC in, in a different way and even the elders even the church too, you know um, at the end we're going to have uh, prayer diaries that are going to be kept at the back, and uh, Sujay and Samia designed it to, for us, um, and um, I want you to pick it up if you want to pick it up. Uh, it's uh, these are prayer diaries about the different tribes in India and how we can pray for them. It costs thirty rupees to cover the cost. Please don't think that I'm selling it. Uh, so if you feel led by the Lord, please pick it up. My daughter Leanne and Stephen and Jaden will be handling the counter there. You've got prayer cards. At the same time, prayer diaries. Prayer cards is is free, okay? But a prayer diary has a bit of cost. So it costs 30 bucks. Just just help them out with the, um, uh, with the change if you can also. Uh, can I have one... Uh, 20 to 25 year old over here, possibly uh, a young man. Kevin, can you come up? Thanks, Kevin. That's brave of you, man. Yeah. I'm going to close with the story of Henry Martin. Kev, can you come here? You know, um, there, was a, there was a young man, and I, I really want us to think through this story, okay? Uh, there was a young man called Henry Martin. Um, in 1781, he was born, and the Lord put in his heart to come to India. And this brother, as you see over here, this, there's, there's no photograph of him. There's only a drawing. Uh, in, they assume this is how he looked. And um, the moment he hit Calcutta, when he stepped into Calcutta, he said, Lord, now let me burn out for God. Let me burn out for him. And when William Carey met him, William Carey looked at him and said, man, this guy is different. This guy is different. This guy is going to create waves in India. You know, Henry Martin um, had a lady that he loved who they, they were planning to get married, and her name was Lydia. And Henry Martin um, was struggling of whether to come to India or it should be Lydia. And um, he prayed. He prayed, Lord, is it Lydia or India? Is it Lydia or India? And the Lord showed him it is India. And he forsook and he left and he came to India. Six years he ministered in India. He was the person behind the Hindustani translation, the Urdu translation. He is the brother who started the Persian translation in, uh, in India. And after that, because he wanted to improve on the, the Persian translation, he went to Turkey. You know, at the age of 31, he died. At the age of 31, he died. And he died... Serving the Lord in Turkey. He was dragged across the streets of Turkey, tied to a horse, and brutally tortured for the gospel. Because he stood against the things that were being taught by the Muslim, um, uh, the mullahs that were there in Turkey. 
my thanksgiving i just want to challenge all of us is um, henry martin came to india and he made an impact in india is that our desire that we want to truly burn out for god so that his kingdom will be built on this earth till the day that he returns with this i'd like to close and uh, i'm not going to say anything much about it this is a painting of a of a brother called hayat moor who's a canadian artist hayat moor uh, came out you can go search him up also uh, he brings out amazing uh, paintings of the gospel you know he brought out the last supper he's also got feeding the 5000 which is a very powerful painting um you know i'm i'm glad that uh, god has given us many of us a nona that when the tribes enter heaven you know there'll be many of us waiting there to receive them in in, in revelation 5 verses 8 it says that he has ransomed people from every tongue and every tribe and every nation and every people group what you heard is just a small thing that's happening in india as i request all of you to close your eyes and then nithin is um, going to come up and uh, do you want to build does god want us to build our kingdom on this earth my question to you all of us now is whose kingdom are you building do you want to build his kingdom on this earth by being available for his work and for his ministry and for the extension of his kingdom that many would enter God's kingdom from every tongue and every tribe and every nation the gospel will go across our land the word will go across our land people will understand and engage with scripture so intimately that we can say yes we were part of this journey with these tribes with that i'd like to close and uh, thank you for your time uh, thank you for your patience um and um uh, i just want to pray that you know the we would all be response uh, responding to what god wants us to do do not build your treasures on this earth do not build your kingdoms on this earth build his kingdom and like henry martin said you know let me burn out for you lord let that be our prayer thank you benji for giving us a history on the on bible translations and uh, the work of nlci nlci in india good morning church so i welcome each one of you in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ we have uh, a few visitors here with us and as i call out your names request you to just raise your hands or stand up wherever you are so we can meet with you later we have uh, jeffrey's parents visiting us back again uncle george alexander and shirley alexander here with us right they welcome we have uh, stanley's mom here with us saram saram thomas she's right there at the back welcome uh, we have jeffrey matthews visiting us back again not nice shoot welcome we have uh, sheetal's friend the sister arti and her children ethan and joanna here with us right there welcome 
and uh, we have uh, Joe's friend uh, Hanish here with us. He's right there. Welcome. We also want to welcome back Sister Femi and baby Hazel. She's here at the back. Welcome. Great. Have I missed out anybody else? No? Can we welcome all of them to see you? Just want to take you through the announcements for the week. We gather here uh, for worship and remembrance of the Lord's table. 10, 10.05, we have ministry from God's word. Next week, uh, Brother Raymond will bring us the word. 10.45 is announcements. 11.05, break. And we gather back at 11.25. Today, along with Sunday school, we'll have the single study at the hall below. So request all the singles to gather back at sharp 11.25. And uh, followed by sisters meeting and couple study and men's study in the weeks to follow. Meetings for the week, uh, we have the Hindi Fellowship uh, today at 3.45. They will gather at Jason and Shiny's home. Tuesday, we have the Bible study at Domblur at 8 p.m. at John and Rena's home. The Wednesday cell group for this week is on a break. Thursday, we have two groups, uh, the Bible study at HSR Layout. Uh, it will be at Emmanuel, Sam and Philip's home. And uh, Thursday, the Cottage meeting at North Bangalore. They will gather this week at... Oh, okay, sorry. The Hindi Fellowship is at Ben and Daniel's home. Uh, the Cottage uh, Meeting in North Bangalore will gather at Rebicha and Anashapama's home. And the Friday uh, cell group for those of us who work in the night uh, will be at 9.30 a.m. Uh, at Hansel's home. Yeah. Student groups, yeah. If, you, if any of you young folks are still not plugged to these, please do reach out to any of the point of contacts that are mentioned there. Uh, the Monday, the Christ University boys gather at Sean's home at 7 p.m. Thursday, uh, 5.30 p.m., the Christ University girls gather at Sajid and Shilpa's home. Wednesday, the St. Joseph's boys gather at Garuda Mall at 5.30 p.m. And Thursday, 4.30 p.m., the Christu Jayanti college girls gather at Rebichan and Ashamama's home. And Friday, 7 p.m., Christu Jayanti college boys gather at Charles and Dima's home. Yeah, monthly meetings. The single girl study is on uh, March 31st at 4 p.m. at Kishore and Karen's home. Uh, the fasting prayer will be on April 13th, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. at Rabbi Chan and Ashamama's home. Uh, next outreach is on April 21st, 5 p.m. at Hormao and Martili areas. Yeah, this was announced last week also. The Sunday school is planning a picnic for kids. Uh, it's on April 7th, Saturday. Uh, it's going to be at the ACA at, ACA at Hosu Road. Timings 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Uh, as was discussed, the transportation, more details of the transportation will be announced closer to the date. Yeah, And if you want more information, please reach out to the teachers of the kids. Birthdays and anniversaries for this week. Anniversary? No. Who, whose birthday is it in the back? Pretty's birthday, okay. Matthew's birthday? Ria. Oh, Ria's birthday, wow, okay. Sajan and Shilpa's anniversary. Wow. Oh? Okay. 
usually have someone coming and singing that song. <laughs> Can we sing them a birthday song? Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Just want to uh, remember the prayer points, uh, continue to pray for those of us who are unwell and uh, praise God for the healing and, uh, that he's given uh, to a few and answering our prayers. Just want to update, uh, praise God for brother Stanley and his dad. They've been discharged from the hospital, continue to pray for complete recovery. And uh, praise God, Raymond is back from his ministry in Vishakapatnam. Request Justin to come forward and close the meeting in prayer. Let's pray. Only Father, we thank you, Jesus. Uh, Thank you, O Lord, that you gave us another Sunday morning. You gave us lives. You gave us another day to thank you, to glorify you, O Lord, on this earth, O Lord, to be your, uh, O Lord. And you helped us to come to church. You helped us to 